I just wonder if uh, you'll read this with me. I'll say a line and uh, you say it after me, okay? Suddenly, okay, I'll say a line rather than a word, okay? Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind. Say that together. came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. That's all we're going to talk about tonight. Suddenly, a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house while they were sitting. Just say hello to somebody before you take your seat. And if you've already taken your seat, say hello anyway. Oh, it's good to be with you tonight. Thank you so much, worship team. Awesome people that you are. In a previous life of mine, I was the UK director of something called the Ministry to the Military. Or if you're an American, the Ministry to the Military. And uh, one of my responsibilities was to visit uh, American Air Force bases and submarine bases here in the UK. One of those bases is located, and it's a bit secret, in Dunoon, opposite Dunoon, Scotland. And it's a nuclear submarine base. And if you know the geography of Great Britain, the top ledge of Scotland comes down, and then there's an angle in, and then there's, there's a kind of inlet uh, it's called the Firth of the Clyde that goes right into Glasgow, and Dunoon sits on the northern bank of that. And uh, on a grey November day, I had to go up, uh, or wanted to go up, and was going to um, uh, visit the troops there. And waiting for the ferry to go over from Greenock uh, to Dunoon, I got out the, the, uh, the train that took me there, and the wind hit me. It was so strong, blowing up the Firth of the Clyde, that it took my breath away. And so much so, uh, that it became increasingly stronger and stronger coming in off the North Sea. That actually, you know, um, and I know you'll be able to imagine this, look, looking at me. Do you remember Superman with Clark Kent? Do you remember that? I mean, he had black hair and dark glasses. If you get past the blonde hair and the different glasses, then it's kind of like a look-alike, isn't it, almost? Okay, not really. But you know how Clark Kent, as Superman, goes into a phone box and comes out as Superman? Do you remember seeing that? I went into the phone box opened up my suitcase and put more clothes on because I was so cold. The wind was violent and it, and it cut me in two because it was so strong. A few years ago, I had the privilege of going to the Philippines. Anybody here from the Philippines? I've seen Rodel here. And I went to an island called the island of Koran. And a few years ago, there was a hurricane called uh, Haiyan. And I have literally seen, and you can say, well, the houses aren't built as strong as ours and all the rest of it, but I've seen that the wind picked up a house 
and moved it across the island and set it down, upside down, in another place. You see, when we're talking about this experience that in the upper room, we're not talking about an experience that you can just negotiate with at your pleasure. When the Bible says, suddenly a sound came, when we, when we read about the symbols in the, in the Bible about the Holy Spirit, we, we read about the Holy Spirit being fire. We read about the Holy Spirit being oil. We read about the Holy Spirit being water. And here, we read about the Holy Spirit being wind. But actually, they don't, they're not just word pictures to create an image in your mind to understand Here's an important point. They are experiences for you to walk in. So when the Bible says the Holy Spirit is like wind, it's an experience for you to experience, for you to feel and know that the Holy Spirit wants to deposit something in your life because of who he is. It's not just poetry. The Holy Spirit is trying to say, this is what I'm like, and I want to be this to you. The wind blowing here is no different. Now, I don't know. You see, I just keep using songs from the 1970s, and most of you think, when was the 1970s? You're you're just thinking I'm so old. So, there was a singer in the 1970s called John Denver. Does anybody know John Denver? You see... There's one or two oldies in with me tonight, you know. And he would sing songs like, you know, it's so cool and everything's gentle and I'm just going to be mellow and I'm just going to caroon you. You know, Ron just knows exactly where I am right now. I don't know any modern, modern singers, but have you ever heard this song? The answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. The answer is blowing in the wind. Uh, anybody heard that song? Raise your hand. Oh, there's some oldie people at the back as well. You know what? This is not it. This is not your romantic, softly blowing breeze. Let me feel a little cooling breeze on my face. This is not it. That's not this experience. And actually, there are times when the Lord is a gentle breeze. This is not it. This is the blowing into our lives to rearrange everything under his lordship. You see, the wind reminds us that he's sovereign lord, that he is, he he can go wherever he pleases. He, He can enter anything that he wants to. We have to remember that the Holy Spirit is the sovereign lord then when we see him as wind, we remember that wherever he wants to go, he can go. In fact, Jesus says in another place, the wind blows wherever it wills. You have to understand the independent, penetrating nature of the Holy Spirit. That actually, that he's not waiting on an invitation to do some things, he's just going to show up. In, in England, we have preached for years and years and years, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman and he always wants an invite. Not true. Now, of course, the Lord and God doesn't 
force himself on us, and he does want invitation and willingness, and of course that's true. But it's comforting and humbling to know that this image of the Holy Spirit and this picture of the experience that he has is, first of all, it's comforting to know that there is nowhere that you are that he can't find you. He's the Holy Spirit. He's the wind of the Holy Spirit that can blow in to the locked doors of your life. It's humbling in the sense that it means that we have to flow with him if we want to enter into everything that God wants to to us. And that actually, he is not at our beck and call. He isn't like, I'll show up when you tell me to show up. The Holy Spirit shows up. And sometimes we miss it because we're not open to it. But we miss it not because he's not there. He is a mighty rushing wind that comes through locked doors in the upper room and sends his church out to the world and penetrates their experience as he wants to. Now, of course, they'd been seeking maybe for over 10 days. They had been willing. And so, of course, the Holy Spirit comes uh, to people like that. But I just want you to look at the character of this incident. We're only going to talk about this one verse. There was, first of all, a suddenly moment. It says, suddenly, after they've been seeking and seeking and praying, suddenly the Holy Spirit came. And, I, and one of the things is, is that God's timing, and we have to accept that His timing is His timing. And that the suddenly moment comes when we say, God, whatever you want to do and whenever you want to do it, you can do it. Are you open to God's timing? Are some of you perhaps, and I know it happens with me, are you getting impatient with where God is right now? Are you kind of saying, well, God, if you don't do this, you might miss your suddenly moment. You need to keep seeking and keep asking him to show up. And the Bible says that there was a sound. I, now, we have many nations in our church, but I can talk a little bit about the English. Aren't the English a funny race? Don't you think? Okay, are there any English people in the house tonight? The English are funny, aren't they? Because they want everything to be private. Privacy for English people is a huge deal. You can't talk about politics or religion to an English person, but you can talk about football. There was a sound from heaven, and it wasn't private. It wasn't, well, this is just my personal experience. Our relationship with God isn't entirely private or on our terms. Now, I've already kind of challenged a couple of people tonight. Because in your theology and in your way of understanding God, you've been told many, many times that God wants a willing person. And I've told you the Holy Spirit's just going to come. In your, in your cultural understanding... Privacy for you is a huge 
a huge issue. We all, and, and nobody should, overcome the right boundaries of privacy. Of course that's true. But sometimes the Lord just wants you to know, I'm coming, and you can't be private about this, because I love people, and I want you to love them too. And I want to fill you so that you can minister to others. There was a sound, it wasn't private, it was very public, and it's not entirely on our terms. And then it says there was a rushing, now I want you to notice the language, a rushing, violent wind. It means that it was unstoppable. And again, I'm going to say, not on our terms. You see, one of the ways in which to be successful in faith is to begin to lay down your rights and take up your responsibilities. It's begin to step out of your comfort zone and begin to exercise faith. It's begin to say that circle around you, you're opening it and saying, I'm stepping out of it and allowing you, Lord, to step in. And what the symbol of the Holy Spirit in this passage means that it was unstoppable, not on our terms. Now, the original language where it says that the wind was violent means that it can carry things. It doesn't mean that it's harmful. It means it was so strong. In the original language, it means it could bear something up. It can carry you it can carry things to you. In fact, the Holy Spirit wants to carry something to you tonight. It wants to lift some of the things that you're carrying. Some of the things that you have been carrying for a while. The Holy Spirit, He wants to carry those things so that actually you understand His great strength instead of yours. So that you begin to understand that the end of your strength is the beginning of his strength. And I can sense it tonight that some of you, perhaps many of you, I don't know, have been carrying some things for a long time. Maybe you've been carrying responsibilities that are weighing you down, thoughts and mind things. And yet, the Holy Spirit wants to come in and say, let me carry what you're carrying because I'm able to. That's what the word violent wind means. It means like in the island of Quran, I can pick up a house and I can move it over there. The Lord can pick up your burdens and move them to another place. When the Lord wants to do things, when the Holy Spirit wants to do things, he wants to do them for good purposes. What we see in this verse is the direction of the wind. Have you noticed that it says, the sound of a mighty rushing or violent rushing wind came from heaven to earth. That it was actually heavenward. It didn't rise up from the cacophony of the meeting. It wasn't the enthusiasm of the worshipers or the seekers, that actually it was something out of earth coming down to earth. The source was pure and you can trust it. 
Have you been in meetings like this where people are asked to come forward for prayer? And, you know, let me again just speak for the English. That's very countercultural for the English. They, they're kind of thinking to themselves, oh, I hope this doesn't go weird. And our type of church where we do express and we, we do lay on hands and we do lift our hands, uh, there's always a suspicion that there's something else going on. But actually, what's going on is something from heaven is coming to earth, the source is pure, and you can trust it. We won't let things go in a way that isn't safe. We tend to expend a lot of energy in our response of earth to heaven. We tend to say, we have to do this, we have to do that. And, and you know, all of that's okay. It's been great to see you singing and seeking tonight. But let's also see that we need things. We need him right from the source of heaven that actually we're seeking for something outside of this world. and We don't need to add to it unnecessarily. It isn't about how well you can do, it's how great he is. And tonight, I just wanted to come by just for a few minutes and paint a larger picture of God to you, that you can trust him. That it isn't about what we necessarily have our style of meetings, but actually that simply that we say, Lord, will you come? Will you come and fill me with something that I haven't got? In my life, I have seen my younger self strive after things and try and put things all in their places. And when I look at my younger self sometimes, I think, you spent far too much effort trying to work things out yourself instead of trusting on something and someone that wanted to fill you and give you the strength that you need. So let me close with two, two kind of ideas for you. Is that okay? I'm going to ask the worship team to come back if they will. This is not my longest sermon ever in the world. Come next Sunday morning, because it's then. Okay. Or well, maybe you won't come now. I'm going to talk about fruitfulness next week. Two ideas. Did you notice in this passage that it says that the Spirit filled the whole house? He didn't just come to the house there was no room for anything else. If you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, now of course, I know that you've got your job. I know that you've got your family, perhaps. I know that you've got your life. I know that you've got to catch a bus later on and know the time. I know that you have lots of different things in your life. But there has to be moments in our lives when we say, nothing else but you, Lord, fill me. Fill this house. Fill my life. 
so that there's no room for anything else. And of course, this is the sovereignty of the Lord. I wonder how many lords you have. And many of us would say, oh, I haven't got any lords. We, we don't think we serve anything. Can I go back to the 1970s again and tell you about a songwriter called Bob Dylan? And when he became a Christian, he wrote a song called, You've Got to Serve Somebody. And we all do kind of serve somebody. Here, at this moment, the Holy Spirit filled the whole house and there was no room for anything else. Now, I know that you've got responsibilities, but we need the same attitude when we say to the Holy Spirit, take up all the space in our lives that you need. In fact, why don't you just hold your arms out, just like this, like I'm doing. And just pray that prayer with me. Holy Spirit, take up all the space in my life that you need. And Lord, I just pray right now that you're going to reveal to some people some of the things that they're trusting on that is taking the place and the energy away from you. Fill the whole house so there's no room for anything else. Nothing else to compete. Nothing else to have space. No furniture that shouldn't be there. No intention. No attitude that shouldn't be there. Blow out of the door every resistance, Lord. Lord, anybody who, who doesn't want to be in unity, Lord, let fill the house now. Fill my life, Lord. You see, the first way of really being with the Holy Spirit is say, have everything, take up the whole space, fill the whole house, Lord. There are two ideas. and You know, usually at this time in our service, we often ask you to stand, but I want you to notice something about this verse. It says that he filled the whole house where they were sitting. You know what I'd like to say to you today is that often we receive from a posture of rest. I love our worship services. I love the excitement. I love the, the praise. I actually love the loudness sometimes. But we don't shout him down. He's just here. So just right now, where you're sitting, just put your hands out in front of you. Just rest. Just say, fill me, Lord. We imagine the day of Pentecost like a worship service where we're all standing and praising the Lord, but actually they were sitting Receiving. And the Lord comes. I've got a word for somebody tonight. And this is the word. 
you're a striving Christian. And your work, says the Lord, does not please me. But I love you, says the Lord. I love you with an everlasting love. And the Lord would say to you, come into my rest. Stop trying to prove everything that you are, but just come into my love and rest. Now that doesn't mean, that word does not mean that you'll never do anything from the Lord. It's a heart posture that says, I'm available and I trust your love for me. Would you just close your eyes for a few moments? And would you just pray, just a prayer to yourself. Lord, I trust your love for me. I rest in you. The Lord filled the whole house where they were sitting. They had a posture of rest.